talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast. It's basically where Sandra and I talk about our failures in life and we cry and or laugh about them. And then we invite highly successful people on to talk about their lives and how different they are from our own. <laughs> That's exactly what we do. And and actually, this might be the first time ever on the Quick and the Dirty podcast that I am legit fangirling because we have a star of Big Brother Canada on the podcast today, Bruno from seasons three and five. Yeah. So if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to be in reality TV, this is the podcast for you. But before we get to that, let's Let's talk some hard truths, some real reality about Sandra and I. Uh, my quick this week, the quick is where we sort of recap how we failed at life for the week. Uh, I am upset that I am not one of those people that looks pretty or cute or even happy when they're doing exercise. Do you just look miserable the whole time? Uh, I kind of do. So here's where it all came from. I was driving up a street here in London and uh, I saw a guy on a bike and he had the biggest smile on his face. And I thought, oh, I love going biking. That's the look that I get. And then I realized that he was actually biking up a hill and realized that that is not the face I make when I go up a hill. (laughs) I look more like the poltergeist. <laughs> like you're clenching your teeth, like Argh. clenching the teeth. I start to turn green. Oh I'm sweating God. from every orifice. It's just, it's not good. And th- this person looked so happy, and it made me think, like, why, why can't I look that happy? Or like those people you see running down the street. Where they look like a gazelle, like it's absolutely no effort, and it's it's they're just so happy, and it's like a billion degrees outside, but they're barely sweating, and they're they're just okay, so first graceful. Of all, when have you ever seen anybody smiling and running? I've never seen that before. I have. Oh my God! What's wrong with these people? Are they like have they committed a crime and they're being chased by the law? I don't even get that. <laughs> I just don't get it. I'm not one of those people. Are those people that like continues to run while they're at a stoplight? To keep their heart rate up? Like, (laughs) no, no, no. The universe is speaking to you. The universe actually wants you to stop. So why don't you? (laughs) It just made me really upset because I love that feeling when you're coasting down a hill on your bike. And that's like the break when you don't have to do any pedaling. And then I can see smiling. But this person was going uphill and it's not like they were wearing all the bike gear. Like they didn't look like a professional biker. I think it was a BMX of all things. Like no gears. That Maybe it's the gears that kill you. Because you know when you you down gear or you downshift so that you aren't working as hard, but you're literally going two centimeters at a time and pedaling like 20 times to totally, go those two yes. centimeters? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what makes me mad because I'm heavier, so it takes more to get me up. But uh. you should start wearing cute outfits. That's what I do when I go to the gym. I, I, I work vi- like I do not work hard. You know, as soon as I start to sweat, I pull back. <laughs> That's where I'm like, nah, I don't want to sweat, really. So I just try to look as cute as possible when I go to the gym. And it's all smoke and mirrors, Hillary. That's all it is. Just get right. a cute outfit. And it doesn't matter what your face looks like. <laughs> I go so red. Like, I'm a pale person. You know this, Sandra. Yeah. I I am like a white walker. And so <laughs> as soon as I break any level of sweat, the face goes red. Like, that's the new color. I'm no longer white. I am bright neon pink. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure you can see my heartbeat as it goes. Like So it goes white, pink, white, pink, white, pink. <laughs> Why do you work out then? Because I would, if I looked hideous when I worked out, I would just stop working out. I would. Sandra, if I stopped doing everything I looked hideous doing, I would never leave my home. <laughs> I feel bad for you. But again, it's all smoke and mirrors, Hillary. Get some sequin on those bicycle shorts, girl. Come on. <laughs> you know what I need? I need streamers. <laughs> and those plinko things that you put on your uh, your tire spokes that go ding dong ding ding ding, 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 ding. that sound like the yeah. rain and maybe get like that a flag will make me too. happy. And you know how they put the big Canada flag or like the big banana seats on oh, some of yeah. those bikes. You just need that's right. You just need to distract people from your face. And you know what else I need now that I've lost a hundred pounds? What I need those super lame bike shorts that are spandex but have the butt cushion built into them. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I no longer have that drunk in the trunk or what I do have moves around too much. Yes. And I get the worst bike butt now. Yeah, bike butt is a problem. for. That's why I don't bike at all because I can't. <laughs> so you don't work out. I don't. And well, you I do don't work bike. Out. I do work out, Hillary. You I just quote, stop unquote, working out. work out. <laughs> I work, I, I stop working out when I start to sweat. As soon as I start feeling warm, I pull back. That's like my strategy. But then you're not actually working out. You're just out. Yeah. You out. You know, I go to see my friends. We hang out. We have some laughs. I lift five to seven pound weights and I call it a day and I go right. home. You Whatever. go and drink water. Yeah. You know what? I actually <laughs> I drink some water. Well, you think it's water. What I like to do is I go on the treadmill, but I take there's rows of treadmills. Okay. So I go on row two and I get behind the hottest guy and okay. I just look at his ass for 20 minutes <laughs> and I call it a workout and I'm not even kidding. But then you'd look at it for five, start to get sweaty and have to stop. Yeah, but he doesn't see that I'm like only going two miles an hour. Right. He doesn't see that I'm going super slow. I have no one to impress. Because even never just the look of me. that hot ass, yeah. you wouldn't like get sweaty just... Like I, you'd think I would be inspired for my ass to be hot, but uh, you know, I don't care. I feel like I'm just, I'm just letting myself go now. That's my new thing. <laughs> Sandra's the president of the Ass Appreciation. I wish I was the president and the treasurer and the secretary of the Ass Appreciation Club. I'm just like a horny old lady. That's all I am now. It's pathetic. Uh, the other thing that's going on in my life, Sandra, that I have yet to fail at, but I know I will. What is I it? am walking in my very first fashion show, and I don't know whose idea it was to invite me. But I got invited to walk in this fashion show, and I will tell you, as soon as I got the invite, the first thing I did is I went home and I measured myself to make sure those clothes would fit. <laughs> so what are you worried about? Uh, that they won't fit. Also, um, I can't walk and smile at the same time without falling. Okay. Hence why I don't do exercise and or I never smile okay. while I do any of it. Are you going to um, be on an elevated stage? Uh-huh. There's okay, a catwalk. good. <laughs> I okay. have to wear heels. Yeah. And the other thing about losing weight is I've lost weight in my feet, so all my shoes are too big. <laughs> how it's, how healy are we going to go? Two, three inches, four? Uh, I'm going to keep it under control. It's more that they slip off is the problem. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so you're so basically you're worried that the clothes aren't going to look good right. on you, that you're going to slip and fall possibly off an elevated stage. Right. So what's the other thing? I mean, because that that's happened to supermodels. Right. Right. So if it happens to you, will it be so bad? Oh, it will be actually. Yeah. So is uh, it being recorded in any way? Because well, let's just say that when I fall, I like I follow the theory that if you create the flattest surface area, the less damage you can do to your bones and your joints. Right. Right. So you got to spread it out when you fall. <laughs> so if you fall face first, you're going down, like not yeah. just like a little wobble face first. Laying and, on the ground. And you got to lay there and hold that for a while. Right. To make, because you got to do the, the internal check, like knees, elbows, hands, fingers. Nope. 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 I'm okay. When I fall, I always check my teeth first. I work from my head down because my face is my moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about I don't your make feet, much girl. money, so that explains <laughs> a lot. Right. <laughs> maybe, if I fall, maybe my face will be better. <laughs> At least insurance would cover the nose job. Thanks, thank God Just for so that. I Thank, thank God for those little gifts in life. Hillary, when is the fashion show? It is uh, Saturday this oh coming God. weekend. I'm not saying you should live stream it, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary, you have to live stream it now. You know you do. I'm sure it'll be videotaped for something. I'll send you some footage. Good. I, and you I know I'm to going that. to work that runway. Well, I hope you do. Absolutely. Uh, you also have to learn how to smize. Smize? I got that. You know how to smize? Perfect. I've been You're your good. friend for enough years now. That if I didn't know, you'd disown me. Yeah. Smizing is like what I do when I go to get my passport picture taken. You can't smile, but I can smize. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to talk about death? Uh, do I ever? Are we, are we still talking about that fashion show where I'm going to die? <laughs> I'm trying to do a, a good segue from, from I, there's, no, there's no way to do a great segue from a fashion show into a funeral. Okay. Uh, this past weekend, I went to the funeral of a friend of mine who died very suddenly in a, uh, a swimming accident off the coast of BC a couple of weeks ago. So as you know, they're now called celebrations of life, right? 
Okay. So, yeah. Uh, right. So you're in a funeral and you're crying, you're laughing, you're going through the whole gamut of emotions, and you're forced to sort of face your own mortality. I feel when you're at a funeral. Okay. So of course I'm there to celebrate my friend who passed very suddenly, and I'm sad about it. But you know me, I started thinking about my funeral and what I wanted. Right, because everything's about Sandra. Right. <laughs> it's always about me. So I thought, what do I want my funeral to be like? I've already, I've actually spoken to my best friend, Deb, and my husband, Tim, about what I want. I have a list of speakers that I would like to say a few words. You're one of them, by the way. Oh, boy. That's right. No pressure. I can write it for you if you need me to. No, it's good. I'm good. Okay. I have uh, at least one song. I know the song that I want to be wheeled into the funeral hall. What is it? Foxy Lady by Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what my exit song is going to be, but that's definitely my entrance song. And I thought about what I want. I want to you to lie is what I want. I don't think I'm that good of a person. So you, you don't want people to talk about how you're a total B right. and that you made everything about you. Right. You want people to be like, oh, she was such a giving human right. and so kind and charitable. So charitable. Right. Talk about all my charitable ways. I don't care if you lie. Just get it done, girl. Right. See, because I was going to do my speech about an ode to Sandra's smoky eye. (laughs) That can I'm okay with that, too, because that's also a celebration of me. There is, however, going to be a plot twist at my funeral. Okay. So everybody who walks by my casket, I'm going to have an iPod there and there's going to be cuts and every cut is going to have a name and there will be a Hillary cut. And when you go by and you see the iPod, I want you to hit play on Hillary. And I will tell you exactly what I think of you. Oh, <laughs> you want to do this after people say the nice things, right? That's right. <laughs> because if you do it before, right. I don't after think it's going to go down the way you wanted. Well, okay, how about this? After the eulogies, everybody can stand up and pay tribute to me. I'm sure they'll all be crying and laughing and just just spent physically and emotionally that I've, I've left this earth, then you can file by my casket and where you will find out uh, the truth about how I felt about you in life. Oh, my gosh. I don't it, know that I would want that. Why not? Can I leave early? <laughs> Are you not? No, you can't. You have to sit there and listen to what I think about you. That's awful. I think that's awesome. What uh, if it's great? Wouldn't you like me to say, Hillary, I love you most? Like, wouldn't you be holding out hope? Uh, I would hope that your children and your husband would be up there on that list. Of course, I'm I'm going to say nice things. It's not you're assuming that I'm going to say terrible things about people. A couple of them, of course, I'm going to let them have it. But for the most part, it's going to be a loving tribute to all the people I loved. Okay. if you don't see how genius that is, Hillary, I can't help you. (laughs) It just makes me uncomfortable. What are you afraid that I would say something bad? Well, I'm sure you would say something bad about some people. Well, uh, let, let me put it to you this way. If they file by my coffin and they hit the play button, deep down they're going to know which way it's going to go because chances are I've already told you to your face. Now, will only they hear it or will no, everybody no. hear it's it? It's going to be broadcast to everybody <laughs> at the funeral. That sounds awful. It sounds like the best funeral I've ever been to. It will certainly be... Uh, it would be like reality TV. That's exactly what it well, That's a nice segue, girl. That's a, exactly like reality TV. And wouldn't you watch that reality show? Uh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Which brings me to our guest on the Quick and the Dirty podcast today. I talked about how I um, have fangirled uh, over Big Brother and some of the reality shows that I watch. But I have to say, I am particularly thrilled to have today's guest on the show. You've seen him on season three and five of Big Brother Canada. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, Bruno Aiello. Yeah. Hi, Bruno. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) This is so interesting. I've never talked to an actual reality TV star. And I wonder, how much are you allowed to be honest about this process? Well, here's the thing. Usually after the show, you're you're in a contract for about a year. And in that year, they kind of control who you who you can talk to, what you can say, what you can't. But that year's up. So uh, let's talk for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Um, can I just start by first disclosing something that I feel like I have to disclose? OK. I've never missed an episode of Big Brother, United States or Canadian. Um, In fact, the first time I gave birth, um, that was the only time I missed the episode. 
And I had my neighbors call me an hour after giving birth to tell me who was evicted that night. (laughs) That's how you did not. I certainly did. That's awesome. I'm what you would call a big brother super fan. I'm like the worst. That is awesome. You know, I'm a big fan of the show, too. And that's actually what got me, uh, you know, watching the show. And before it even came to Canada, it was one of those shows that said, hey, I can do that. This is a social thing. I can do that. And uh, I actually wanted to be the first Canadian to play in the American show. But because you're just not allowed to play uh, unless you're American, I couldn't play. So as soon as I came to Canada, I said, all right, this is it. I'm doing it. So uh, that's what got me in the show uh, when I decided to try out in season three. Okay, so you... A lot of people love Big Brother, obviously, but that doesn't mean you should be on the show. Absolutely. Why? Although I still think I would be a great contestant on Big Brother Canada and Hillary, y'all know I would be. Uh, I think that you would be, except I think you'd have to leave your job temporarily as you may embarrass our company. (laughs) I've actually asked them if I could, and they said they they couldn't spare me for three months because we all know I'm going to go on to win. For sure. So I would be gone for the entire duration, for sure. I don't buy that for a second. Sandra, you are that person that would go in with good game, but you'd lose it somewhere between alcohol and drama, (laughs) and there would be a girl fight, and the police would need to be called, and you'd be out of there. Uh, But isn't that the way you kind of... Want to go? Like, isn't that what they essentially want? Go big, memorable. Absolutely. You got to be memorable. Okay, so uh, let me. Okay, why? I know you love the show, and that's essentially why you went on Big Brother. But why do you think that you could win Big Brother? What made you so damn special, Bruno? <laughs> well, it's it's funny because it's, it's a social game. It's very social, and it's a lot about mind manipulation and just kind of letting people believe you and and just fitting into the circles. And that's the thing is I've always been very social my whole life. Um, you know, I've always been good with people. It's a, it's also a competitive sport, and I, I've always been a big athlete my whole life. And it just I felt like I had all the the right tools that would work well in this game. You know, I, I, a show like Survivor, forget it, being out in the rain and you know, for 24 hours straight and the bugs, forget it. But it being in an air-conditioned and a heated house with food, you know, sign me up. So uh, I just felt like it was built for me and that's why I said, I got to do this. And watching it, I was like, this is a show I could win. And uh, I truly, truly believe I could have won uh, going into the show. What uh, tell remind everybody what you placed on the third season and the fifth season? So on season three, I went all the way to the second last week. It was it's a ten week show. I made it to week eight without ever being nominated, and then they threw in a twist in the house that actually got me instantly evicted on eviction night. I was supposed to be playing into week nine, and I was actually in the best position in the house. I was going to the finale, and I could have been a hundred thousand dollars richer, but that's the way it goes. You know, Big Brother says expect the unexpected, and uh, yeah, I went from being safe to out the door in three minutes. And then okay, now five, before though, we get any deeper though. I think we need to to go back, and for those who don't watch Big Brother, uh, you'd have to be hiding under a rock if you didn't know what it was about. What, but what's the basic premise of the show? So the show, uh, like I've said before, it's a social experiment. So basically they take um, you know a lot of ca- different characters. The way they cast the show is they want to hit a lot of demographics, and they put you in a house, basically in a cage, and you're, you're a rat in a cage, and every week you know, you're know you competing to be safe, you're, you're nominating people, you're making friendships, alliances, and the whole point is you just want to survive that 10 weeks, get to the end. and But the problem is by and doing that... And there's 10 people in the house, right? 10 six, complete strangers. 16. There's 16 in the oh, house. Oh, okay. And, every, and the thing is, but you got to get these people out of the house, but you also have to do it in a way where they're going to want to vote for you to win in the end. So there's a lot of massaging on the way out and stuff like that. It's, it's a very, very big social game. And uh, you got to try to make a lot of friends along the way because at the end of the day, you want them to vote for you to win the show. Can you win Big Brother without telling a lie? Uh, without telling a lie, I'm sure I'm sure it's possible, but I'd say no. I mean, because I've never to. seen it done. I'm you just ha- wondering if you it's have possible. to. You have to lie. You gotta lie. It, it's a it's a game about like I say, man, uh, mind manipulation. That's what it's all about. You got to manipulate people, make them believe that you they can trust you, when in reality they can't. There's only one winner. You know, sixteen go in and one comes out the winner. So you have to lie to them eventually to get them out the door for sure. I feel like customer service is a big part of this because anyone who's ever worked in customer service will know that there's a lot of like, well, I can't do that for you. <laughs> However, because I value your relationship so much, I will do this piddly other thing that I do for anyone and make you feel really special about it. Absolutely. You want to make people trust you and and make them believe that you're their number one. And that's a very, very key point of the game for sure. So how did you convince producers to cast you on the show? Because I know, and Hillary, I think you would be a very great contestant, by the way, on Big Brother. I do. I, I would, I, usually it's like the middle-aged lady goes out first. So for sure, I... <laughs> I would know. lose the physical challenges. Let me just say that. I, okay, well, I, I have to, I want to get to those kinds of questions because I think that you talk about manipulation within mm-hmm. the with, between players. I want to know about the manipulation that you guys deal with when it comes to the producers of the show because I feel they're manipulating sort 
sort of the plots and the way it goes. There's a lot of people who will say that reality TV is rigged. Yeah, so there's there's a couple answers to that. So what happens in the house and what you see on the TV is usually very, very, very different because the producers have a show they're trying to put together and a storyline they're trying to show. So it's sometimes when they edit the show, they edit it so heavily that it actually doesn't show what's really, really going on in the house. And sometimes they build up certain characters when really they don't deserve it. And sometimes they don't show characters the way they should be shown. And that's just the, all in the editing. And that's just, it's a show. At the end of the day, it's a business and, and it's a show. So the reality part of it, yeah, it's a reality TV where we don't have scripts, but what they choose to show, that's all on them. So it's not really what's going on. So it's reality, but it's not really reality is what I'm trying to so say. So if w- they want a certain person person to win they'll feature them and uh add more drama in the people who might otherwise win so that they get kicked out or voted out so but basically what it is is what they'll do is uh it's about ratings right so there's certain kind of characters there's villains there's uh which always bring a lot of the entertainment the villains is what people watch a show for so if you're a villain you're going to get a ton and ton a ton of airtime and you might get a lot of credit that you necessarily don't deserve but that's the way it is because they want to push that character because people are viewing the show watching the show to see that character play so that's where that editing and manipulation through the producers comes into play Do they ever get involved in the voting process within the house? Because say one character is testing really well on the show and they want to keep them around, but they get voted out by the housemates. Yeah, so that's the thing is for that, I I don't have the actual answer. I don't know yes or no, but uh, I'm sure they might move things around. Like if there's twists or something like that, they may or may not. I don't know. I don't have the right answer to that, but um, you know. They obviously say no, they don't, and you kind of have to believe it if that's what they say. So yeah. they say it's it's already planned out before the season, and whenever that twist falls, that's when it falls. Well, you, that's funny too. I think that's an interesting question that you asked Hillary because, like, like I like you talk about these twists. Mm-hmm. I think they're strategically put in sometimes to save certain players that may have otherwise been voted out, mm-hmm. and it's just giving them an extra opportunity to stay in the game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know that they necessarily planned it for week seven of the show, but if they need that twist to come in at a certain time, they'll mm-hmm. use it to save a player because I do think that they, like you say, they edit it a certain way mm-hmm. and there's a certain storyline and it's good business to keep those villains in the game right Absolutely. and those twists are usually audience driven aren't they like yeah there's text both. to vote and that's right that's and that's actually one of the ones that got me out that's the one that got me out on season three was a, it was an audience vote and uh, that's just the way it goes and and it's you're right sometimes it's it, you know you'd hope that it's pre-planned but sometimes you never know it's it is show business and they can throw it in whenever they want and you know it's they can just say no we, it was always planned that way so it's their word against yours kind of thing and you know, some people, a lot of players believe that they kind of throw things in and out as uh, as the season goes, but we have no idea. Hillary, your tears would be gold on Big Brother. Oh, too much tearing up. <laughs> I feel like I would win over the household, but I feel like the people watching would be like, who is this B? <laughs> I think I think anybody would crack under the pressure of Big Brother because, like you say, you're in a house for ten weeks or whatever it is. And you really don't have any connection to the outside world, do you? That is true, right? Yeah, that is absolutely true. And I will tell you right now, it doesn't matter what any player tells you. Every single player has cried in that house. It doesn't matter if they say they have or they haven't. It's just a matter if they show it or they don't. Every single player has cried in that house. It's a pressure cooker. It's, you know, you're taken away from everything you love, your family, your friends, your all your comfort zones and your comfort items. And you're you're thrown in with all these strangers that are against you. And it really is, uh, it's hard on your mind, you know, and I'll get into it a little bit later. But when you come out of the show, you're not okay. Uh, your mind is just melted and it's just, uh, you know, you're in this pressure cooker and, you know, when you watch the show, you're watching it, you know, three hours a week. It's on three times a week, but these people are living it every single day. They're being lied to every single day. It's like a glorified prison. You know, you you can't nap. You're told when you can go to bed. There's a lot of rules in the house that you don't see when you're watching the show. So, you know, sometimes your beds aren't comfortable enough to sleep in, right? Oh yeah, I know all about that. They're called have not rooms, or you got to sleep on the floor, or you got to sleep on like bumpy, you know, chairs or whatever it is. Um, absolutely, and it's it's a lot harder. Uh, I'll tell you right now, firsthand, it's a lot harder to play. And when you're watching on TV, it looks very, very easy. But, you know, you're watching three hours a day when they're playing it 24 hours a day. Or sorry, you're watching it three times a week, three hours a week when they're they're playing it 24 hours a day. So it's a very, very different experience. So well, yeah, can- and when they go to play night, they're all done up. Like all the girls have full makeup on and everybody's all groomed and that's just not reality. 
no, it's you're in jogging pants. You know, your hair is not brushed, and you, half the time <laughs> your teeth aren't like it's just you're literally lounging around all day. There's uh, you're not done up. It's only that one time a week, and it's during eviction night, and that's the only time they dress up. I think the biggest part part about playing Big Brother would be the paranoia, and you know, most of us live with a healthy amount of paranoia in our lives. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can only speak for myself. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Hillary, but I you know we live we live we work in a really tough competitive business, so there's a healthy amount of paranoia to begin right. with it's um, always about who's going to get voted out of the house let's be honest <laughs> right. you're not wrong Hillary. <laughs> so like can we talk about the paranoia and how it just it just festers for sure you have nothing in there to do like all you have is time right so when someone's talking to you it's you know you can be having a normal conversation but you're literally trying to decipher if they're telling the truth or not they could be just an honest just normal conversation but in your mind you're like oh they're lying to me they're against me or this person's against me or if you see two people talking in another room you're like oh they're, they're plotting against me it's just pure paranoia pure pure paranoia because nobody's there giving you the answer when you're at home watching the tv you're hearing the diary rooms you're hearing them you know explain what they're doing if they're against you or not in the house you have no idea so your paranoia level is just through the roof because everything someone's telling you you think is a lie when in reality maybe they're not so it's really hard to decipher you know what's real and what's not can we talk about the rules of the house? Because you alluded yeah. to that a couple of minutes ago. They tell you when to go to bed. I because it always seems like there's just a bunch of lazy people who uh, sleep all night or sleep all day and they're up all night plotting. So it's I mean, is it really a bedtime that you have to go? Oh, to bed? absolutely. Well, really? it's it's not to go to bed, but it's when you are allowed to sleep because you're not allowed to nap in the house at all. So and that's the worst part is you know you have nothing to do in the house but to sit on a couch. So you go from going to bed, you wake up in the morning to go sit on a couch for you know eight hours so you all you want to do is nap and they'll wake you up for sure you can't you you can't nap you don't know what time it is there's no clocks in the house there's no windows um when they're building competitions in the backyard you could be locked inside the house for two or three days so you get no no fresh air for two or three days two or three days oh yeah oh yeah and i then, was always wondered about that yeah. so for two or three days you can't go outside you cannot go outside you're stuck in the house and it's not a very big house it looks a lot bigger on tv so you get no fresh air and then the worst part is you go out and you do the competition and then they got to tear it down and it takes them maybe another you know half a day to tear it down so sometimes you get the backyard for a few hours and they got to build the next competition so it's it's a it's a it's like a i want to call it like a glorified prison you know and, and like i said you can't nap uh, they don't let you go to sleep before a certain time but you don't even know what time it is because there's no clocks in the house so there's a lot of things that the, the viewers don't see and it's it's like i said it's a mental game just even dealing with what you can and can't do alone is stressful enough let alone you know the game itself so now bruno yep i have to say after hearing all of this and what kind of mental and physical torture it is why did you decide to do it a second time <laughs> you know i'm glad you said that it's funny because we had a the second time i played there was a lady called karen um on the second on the second season i was on season five and we were about halfway through the game at that point maybe like day 30 and she came up to me she goes she goes, why the hell would you do this a second time? It was her first time playing. And she goes to me, why the hell would you do this a second time? Why would you put yourself through this a second time? Because she was just miserable. And it's it's not a fun, and it looks fun and everything on TV, but I'm telling you, it is not fun in there. It's a lot of boredom, a lot of downtime. Uh, you know, by the second or third week, you already know everything about everyone. You've talked about their cats and, and their, <laughs> you know, their cousin's cats. And you have no cell phones, no internet. Nothing. Nothing at all. No pen, no paper, no books, no cell phone, no TV, no radio. You can't even whistle. You you can't hum. You can't sing. There's. What there's, do you mean you can't whistle? There's yet? copyrights. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so you can't even like on on birthdays. You can't even sing happy birthday. Like there's there's a lot of things that you don't you don't know and you don't yeah, when you watch a show unless you play it and it's yeah you can't even whistle or sing or anything. So there's no music. And there's nothing to entertain you but each other. But the, like I said, you know, after the second or third week, you already know everything about each other. You don't you don't even want to talk to anybody anymore. So there's times you'll sit on the couch for four hours just staring at the wall, and there'll be like three or four people on the couch just staring at a wall, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, like not even saying a word. <laughs> I'd like to retract my earlier statement. Maybe I don't want to be on Big Brother because I don't no think I can handle that. Pen? No paper or pen, no books, nothing. Nope, nothing at all. Not even you can't even have nail polish in there because people might use it as a, as a like a pen. So yeah, you can't even have nail polish in there. Can we talk about sex? Sure. There uh, there wasn't any sex going on on uh, the Canadian seasons anyway. I think there was one one time on the American season. But uh, I'm certain. How do I delicately put this? Let's talk about sexual release. 
for a minute. Oh yeah, man. Like how do you pull that off when there are cameras on? Well, I'll tell you, you. There's like you know, there's there's obviously there's certain spots. There's cameras actually in ev- everywhere. Every inch of that house, even in the bathroom, there's a toilet. There's a camera. But they the thing is, they will never use that for like television purposes. But there actually is a camera looking straight down at the toilet. So if you have to go to the bathroom, they're watching you. But it's for medical reasons in case you know if someone has a heart attack in there. Come or on. If someone's very That's sick. That's not okay, Bruno. That is not the, okay that you're in there and you're doing your <laughs> and there's a camera and they're how is that okay it's it's just the nature For of the medical beast. reasons it's but nature. it's also so they yeah. know not to cut to the bathroom <laughs> they'll never they'll never they'll never uh use that footage on tv ever 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 i've seen them use footage but somebody is still watching you uh, oh yeah, yes. there's someone watching you for sure. But they'll never like if you're going to the bathroom, they'll never show it on TV. That's just that doesn't matter, Bruno. Are you okay knowing that there's somebody in another room watching you go to the bathroom? Because I wouldn't be, I couldn't even it's, live my life at gotta, that point. It, you sign it, you sign away. So the contract's a pretty big contract. You sign it away. They can do whatever they want with it. Yeah, for sure. You, you know very well going in for sure that that's what that's what you're gonna you're getting yourself into. Okay, so back to my original <laughs> question. If you need to, I can't, yes, Hillary, I do need to know the answer to of this. Of course you do. If you need a release, you just know that someone will see it. And that's the end of it. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well. <laughs> well, there's like different, sp- <laughs> so there's the thing, right, is like, um, there, yeah, you can, there's like showers, there's curtains, there's there's ways around it. Blankets. Sure. Yeah, there's ways around it, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's, I would feel bad for guys, because women can take care of that much more discreetly than a man can. <laughs> well, we, you know what? It's funny. On season three, the first time I played, uh, we had like a little like a little guy thing going out. So there was a guy named Greg and myself, and we would guard the bathroom, and one of the other guys would go in, and we'd be like, "No, nobody's allowed in there." <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see that on the network yeah. feed. I'll tell you that much, Bruno. They don't show that. They for do sure. not show that. Can we talk about the diary room? Yeah, for sure. How much of that is manipulated? Because I imagine that you're yes. being asked questions by producers on the other side, yeah. and they're pro. And I'm. I I always wonder because there's these cute little quips all the time that I hear and I'm like they're not smart enough to come up with that <laughs> no offense to the player but yeah. how many lines are fed to the people in the it. diary room so uh, the way I say it is like I personally never had lines fed but I know there are lines being fed in there sometimes they might want you to say a certain thing or a certain way and or like the promo <laughs> or whatever yeah things like that for sure but when you're in there talking about the game um, if you're really good in the diary room they kind of let you do your own thing but if you know they have to have footage of you in the diary room because you're part of the show so if if you're not very good at the diary room, they'll give you those little lines like, oh, talk about the competition and uh, whatever. Say like, oh, this is whatever. And like say like some weird line about it. And you can tell when they're fed because it, it doesn't come out natural. It really right. sounds fake right. when they're talking about it. So you can really tell the lines that are kind of fed to them. Sometimes if like... Um, you know, you're talking and they're like, okay, they're trying to set the tone. So it's like, okay, you're angrier than that. Like, say it again, but angrier. But they, they try not to tell you what to say. At least for me, I can only tell about my own personal experiences. But I know there's other people that kind of get a little bit of lines fed to them because they just weren't good in the diary room and they need that footage. But they will try to set the tone. And, and sometimes these diary room sessions are happening two or three days after the fact. So when you're, you know, uh, doing a veto competition, you already, when you're doing the diary room session, you already know who won the veto. Right. So when, right. you're there, when you're there going, oh, I need to win this, you know. Well, really, well, realistically, you know. Why would they need to do that? Because shouldn't they be able to do it beforehand? They know it's coming up. There's planning available. You have nothing else to do. Because they're trying to, they want to build that suspense and they're and they're trying to build the, uh, I guess, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, they, they it should be done before, I would say. Like, at least those parts where it's like, I need to win this. This is very important. But they're trying to put that story together. So it's, yeah, it, it's definitely weird how they do that for sure. And it's like, like I said, two or three days after the competition. So you already know and you're already over the competition. Uh, it was already a couple of days ago, but you guys still talk about it. Are you happy with the way you were portrayed on the show, by the way? Speaking of editing and that, were you were you pleased? Yeah, you know, uh, the first time I played, uh, I felt uh, I did better than what they showed. And I was just, and it's not, I'm not, I'm not conceited or anything like that. And it's not like, it's something that way, but I felt like a lot of my game wasn't shown because it's a social game. And, and I just, I understand it's hard to show a social game because it's, it's not, it doesn't come across well on TV. You know, a social game is very, you know, it's just getting along with people, having certain conversations where, you know, it's not like an aggressive game where, you know, you'll see a lot of airtime with people that are yelling at people and, and causing the drama they get a lot of the airtime where i wasn't causing the drama but i was positioning myself perfectly just through just through relationships and conversation but you can't it's really really hard to show to hard to sorry hard to show that on the tv so they can't show enough of it and, that, and that's fine it's part of the game and that's fine um but at least they respected my game enough to call me back a second time so i appreciated that but um as of as of uh, the way they showed it i think i did better than what they showed but again maybe i'm just biased a little bit but i felt i did better than what they showed for sure 
I feel like you kind of have to pick one person that's not very popular to create the drama with and then play the rest of the game social. Yeah, it's a it's a very, very big social game for sure. And and that's what people don't understand. They think they got to go in and win all these competitions when in reality, the competitions is a very, very small part of the game. <clears throat> excuse me, because um, you just have to be friends with who wins. So if you have a, like I say, if you have a really, really good social game and you're friends with everybody, you're not worried if whoever wins, you're, you know, if six people win, six different people win, you're happy. So that social game is more important than actually being a competitor, because if you have to win, you're not in a good spot in the game. If you don't have to win and you can let someone else win, you're doing pretty well. Well, you say that you were happy with the way that you were portrayed, but we talk about the villains and so on. Mm-hmm. What was your role? Were you like, the, there's the, I love the villains. I've often said mm-hmm. reality TV only survives because of the great villains that we get to watch. You mm-hmm. weren't a villain on the show. There's nowhere you're a villain. You were more the hero and people were rooting for you to win. You know, like you were like one of the old guys on the show at the time. Yeah. So I was 31 the first time I played and I was actually the one of the oldest people in the house. And they looked at me as this old guy, which was crazy to me because I thought I was going to go in. I was going to be kind of like, you know, in the mix. And I was like, wow, you know, so the fact that these people saw me as the old guy, I just played it up. I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about me. I'm just the old guy. You know, little do they know I have a black belt in karate. I played semi-pro soccer. I'm, a, I'm an athlete. But they see me as some old guy. Hey, I'm going to let them believe that. So that's how it just kind of fit into my game where I could play more socially and didn't have to win everything. It didn't have to be a villain. But you're right. The villains are what make the show because people watch for the villain. They, they want to see what they're going to do next. They want to see what kind of drama they're going to stir up next. And they're really, really good for the series, really good for the show. But that wasn't my role. My role was more of like a family man. Uh, social, uh, just low key kind of guy, not, not too crazy, not out there causing the drama, but just uh, just playing the game. Just playing if the game. you could go back and do anything differently, how would you approach your character? You know what? It's it's funny because if if you want to be. Um, I like the character I played. I like I just I like being just the low key kind of guy. It's just the way I am. I'm not I'm not too big into the drama. But you know what? If I go back, if I were to go back a third time, I'd like to just try the other the other side and just go out and just cause mayhem and chaos just just to see what it's like because uh, you know I do have that side to me too. So it'd be fun just to see how it goes. But if I if I were to ever play again, I would definitely go a little more chaotic and just cause just absolute disasters in there for sure. Hillary, he's making a great argument for you and I to go on the show together. <laughs> We would never survive as friends. We totally would because people probably wouldn't even think we were friends to begin with and we'd have like a secret alliance. The only thing I don't like about the show are the little skimpy bikinis they make everybody wear. When I see that, I'm I'm quite mortified. Yeah, I actually have questions about wardrobe. Do they get you ready for eviction night and do they provide your wardrobe? No. So that stuff, the wardrobe happens actually before the show, they actually sequester you for two weeks in a hotel room. So you're actually stuck for two weeks by yourself Ugh. in a hotel room, no phone, no nothing, just in a hotel room by Ugh. yourself. Oh yeah. So that's when they do all the wardrobe. They they fit you in on all the clothes. They do all that but stuff. But they pick it for you. You don't get to. The the competition wardrobe, yes. But all the other clothes in the house, that's yours. You bring it yourself. Now, but there's there's rules to it. Like they um like you can't have logos on your shirt. So that's why you'll see a lot of people just wearing like a plain white shirt or a plain blue shirt or whatever it is. Because they can't have logos unless they're cleared. Like, uh, I believe Bench was cleared, whatever. There's there's a couple of companies that they'll say, okay, you can wear their clothes. But other than that, no, you can't wear logos. So because they're willing to pay for that sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's so you can only wear certain brand names. And then other than that, you can't have any logos. But every pair, like every piece of clothing you see in the house that they're wearing are their own from home, for sure. For sure. Can we talk about the people that you really hate? <laughs> Uh, I know that there's a lot of rivalries and there's a lot of arguments. The only, you know, I'll watch Big Brother and that they'll they'll be like a crazy blowout fight and then they'll cut to eviction night on live TV and everybody looks like they're friends again. And I'll be like, what did I miss? I thought you were enemies. That was fake. Um, So were there any true rivalries that continued on after the house, after the game ended, I should say. Throughout all the seasons, absolutely. There are people that just don't like each other, that do like, it's just it's just like any day in life, you know, there's going to be people, people you like, people you don't like. Just because we're brought together on the show to do this amazing experience, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to have to get along. Now, for me personally, I think, I don't know if it's because I'm a little older, um, I always let things slide. Like even, uh, for perfect example, season five, uh, when I went to jury, every person that came into jury, I said, hey, listen, the game's done. I don't care what happened in the house. You know, you knew me as the player. Now it's time to know me as the person. Uh, we both lost. We're both losers. Who cares? Let's just get to know each other. And there was actually someone in the house, uh, Dre. Uh, she was against me since the second I walked in that house. As soon as she walked in the jury, we became like we didn't talk at all in the house for, at all. For weeks and weeks, we never really spoke to each other. But as soon as we went to jury, we became best friends because your guard's down. So I think when the season's over, you kind of that's when you actually kind of start to get to know people on a personal level mm-hmm. rather than a game level. And 
that's when you kind of pick, hey, do I like this person or do I not? And and I pretty much get along with everybody, to be honest. But there's oh, a lot of rivalries, for sure. I was going to say grudges are like half the fun. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of people that just don't get along. And it's just there's some some of it's jealousy, some of it's whatever. It could be what happened in the game. Some people can't let it go. And What's uh, the least successful personality type? Honestly, it, it's funny because usually it's the hothead that doesn't do very well. But um, I'll use a perfect example. In season five, we had this girl named Ica, and she was the hothead, the, well, the villain, I guess you want to call queen, it. And the queen, by the way. She, but she did amazing. She did really well. She made it very, very far. Uh, she got a lot of support from the fans. She did really, really well. And she brought a lot of entertainment. She did really well. Uh, but normally, that type of cast is one of the first ones to go because you got to be realistic here. you got to live with these people. And it's like, I can't put up with someone you know, that's this loud and obnoxious and whatever for 10 weeks. I can't do it. I want to get rid of them week one just for my own peace of mind. But no, she did very well. She made it very far. And uh, but she was probably the only one to do it with that kind of uh, uh, character type or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, Hillary, did you see season five hills? I can't remember. I'm looking these people up as we're talking. Yeah, you would remember Ika. She was probably the most terrifying player I've ever seen <laughs> on Big Brother Can. Let me put it to you this way. If I bumped into Ika, if I saw her, I'd cross the street because she'd cut a bitch. She is like, right? she is the, the baddest ass I've ever seen play the game. She was terrifying. I couldn't, I couldn't even <laughs> handle being her friend because she was just so, she was great. She was so great to watch, but yeah. terrifying at the same time. Um, I, I, not to get too much into the, the culture of Big Brother or anything, but I do have to ask you this question as a BB can and a Big Brother super fan. Who would you say is the greatest Big Brother player in history, Canadian or American or both? Uh, you know what? American, there's Dr. Will, there's Dan, there's Derek. There's a lot of good players. Janelle was amazing. Uh, she's one of my favorite. Um, Canadian, there's, you know what? I think, I honestly... Besides I'm, you, I mean, obviously. Yeah, no, obviously, no, there's, there's a lot of really, really, really good players. I would throw, you know, Kevin Martin up there. He won season five. Um, there's a ton, I don't know, there's a ton of them. Emmett from season one. Uh, Netta is amazing from season two and five. There's so many good players. There's so, so many good players. Bruno, but, name one for God's sake. The best player? Oh, man. I'm going to say Bobby Halad. Godfrey Manguiza, the lady pleaser. That's the one. Godfrey from season three. <laughs> Godfrey. I remember him. That's yeah. awesome. That's the guy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, sorry to interrupt you, Hillary. I didn't know if you had a question or not. No. Okay, I wanted to ask you, you alluded to this a, a few minutes ago as well, about what happens to you when you leave the house. Yes, okay. So tell me about all the emotions. So here's the thing, right? You're you're used to being locked in a house for, you know, 10 weeks straight, and you don't see anybody but these same, you know, 16 people, then it's 15, 14, 13, 12, all the way down to, you know, the end, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you get evicted, you come out on stage, and there's hundreds of people in the, in the audience, cameras flashing, people are screaming and cheering, and it's just such a, a it's just such an ex one extreme to the other, and your mind is so melted from being in that house that you you really get a lot of people get really bad anxiety, they get uh, overwhelmed really bad. A lot of people it takes them months and months, sometimes years, to get back to normal. And I remember on our season three finale, I'll never forget this. We we went to we every year for finale we go to Niagara Falls, all the casts, uh, you know, one one through six. Or whatever and we go have fun and just kind of you know meet all the new cast and for season three half the cast was in the corner crying because they just they didn't know what to do they're so overwhelmed with just all these people coming up and all of a sudden people know who you are they want pictures and it's just it's really really overwhelming and your mind is still in this big brother mode where it's like you can't trust people you, mm -hmm. you know, even when you're talking to people you're trying to like you know you're trying to position yourself with them, make them like you. And it's just, it's it's not genuine at first because your mind is in that mode and it's really, really, really hard to snap out of it. Now, for me personally, myself, I have two young kids at home and they didn't care that I was on TV. When they have shit in their diaper, I'm out there elbow deep in it, cleaning it. They didn't care. They're like, yeah, clean, you know? So, it, you know, it, it, it was, I think it was a little different for me because I had no choice but to snap out of it when I came home. Where other people, you know, they just, they they can't get over it and, and they, they run a lot of scenarios through their head. And that's, what, that's one of the worst things is when you go out, it's like, what could I have done? What could I have done? And you just play that scenario over and over. And it really, really, really messes with your mind. And a lot of them that come out aren't okay. They're they're actually not okay for at least a few months. At least That makes sense to me because I think about our job, Sandra, and what we do on the daily, talking to people. When you're out in public, you're always speaking with people. And when you finally get time alone, it can be alarming. So I would imagine it would be even more so the opposite way. Yeah, it's it's absolutely... I, I can't even explain how, how crazy it is because you're so used to just... 
like I said, you have three, four, five, six people in the house, and then all of a sudden it's boom, you're out there in the public. Everyone knows who you are. They want to talk and take pictures, which is fine, but it's just one extreme to the other, and it really, really, really messes with your mind. What about your marriage? You talk about going back to your kids, and you're, yeah. you're, you're back to changing diapers and whatever. How hard was it to be away from your wife for that long? That was hard. That was really hard because I've never been away. I've been with her for 14 years. I've never been away with her at all, away from her at all. And it was that's really hard because that's your, you know, your, your buddy, your best friend, your, you know, your partner, and all of a sudden you're on your own. And, and I felt at first it was hard for her too because I came out and it's like, you know, we do everything together, right? And then it's like people know who I am. People are like handing her the camera to take pictures and it kind of sucks, you know, but it's it was hard at first. I think it was really hard, the adjustment to get back to like kind of normal or kind of at least... Uh, normalize what's going on it was really hard at first but then you kind of get used to it and, and you make it part of everything but at first it was you don't even know what to do you're just like you know 30 days ago i was just some regular guy if you walked by me you wouldn't even look twice and now everyone wants pictures and stuff and it's a little different for sure are you treated like a celeb in ottawa you know, Ottawa has been really good to me. I have no complaints in Ottawa for sure. Uh, I was also the first person to ever play. Now we have a few people from Ottawa, but I was the first at the time uh, from Ottawa. So I had a ton of support and I, I can't complain at all. They've been really, really good to me. Okay, I got to ask about the reasons you go on Big Brother. Mm-hmm. I got, I really, I just want to explore that for one second. Yeah. I, it's pretty obvious that some people play Big Brother because they want the money. For sure. For sure. Now, for okay, that's the thing is some people want fame, some people want money, and some people just want to prove that they can do it. Now, it started with me was this is something I always wanted to do. I could, I knew I could do this. This was a game for me that I could win. And then, of course, who doesn't want $100,000, right? And it's not But the likelihood of winning is so slim. And don't you have to take, like, months off work? Yeah, that's the thing. And, and some people had to drop out of school. Some people had to quit their jobs. Um, and for me, luckily, you know, I'm in construction. I'm seasonal. So when the show starts is actually when I'm off work. So it worked out perfectly for me. And that's why I was able to do it twice. But some people had to quit their jobs. They were making, you know, $70,000, $80,000 a year. And they quit it just for that three months. Oh, yeah. People were dropping out of school. Their courses just do you get a per diem? Like, does your family get a paycheck while you're gone? Yeah. So you get you actually do get paid per day that you're there. It's nothing crazy, but it's basically enough to like kind of cover your your mortgage and stuff like that while you're there. So the longer you make it, the more you make. And um, if you do win the hundred thousand, it's tax free. So it's a hundred thousand dollar check. Like I won. I won a competition uh, that it was a five thousand dollar competition. It was a five thousand dollar check. No tax on it. Just here you go. Welcome to Canada. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? And so you you went in for the money or the fame? No, I definitely went in for the money. I wanted to, because the plan was I was going to put it in my kids. Like I have two kids. I was going to put 50000 in each account and just have at it and see you later. Like that was it. That was the whole plan. Uh, didn't really care much for the fame. I liked the uh, the competition aspect just to prove to myself I could do it. And obviously the 100000 I mean, you can't go wrong with that, so. Yeah, what could come of, of of it in Canada? I mean, it's Canada. We're not. Yeah. It's, we don't have the same stars to system that they have in the United States, anyway. And I, I feel like some people want the fame, like sure. like the Garys of the world, who and rightly so, of course, we bow down to Gary. But I love Gary. Gary's so the best. Much. Everybody loves Gary. <laughs> uh, but th- there's not really anywhere you can go with it. You know, I mean, maybe it, I don't. I don't even know if you could get an endorsement. Yeah, I actually you definitely do. I get a lot of a lot of companies will come reach out to me and say, like, for instance, the hat I'm wearing today uh they've given me like 30 or 40 hats they do a lot of things with that board game companies oh, there's a lot of people okay. that will give you their products stuff like that uh do a lot of charity work people will reach out they do reach out it's just what you want to do with it some people will literally travel across canada some people will quit their, quit their jobs do meet and greets i used to do a lot of meet and greets but uh, the second time around i said you know what? i'm just gonna relax stay with my family because uh, you know it gets busy when you're traveling every couple weekends uh, you know, you're not seeing your family. And what's the point of doing all this if you can't even spend time with them? So um, some people, they travel Canada. Some people just kind of just let it go. It's all up to you. It's whatever you want to do. But the, what I explain, the way I say it is it's basically a stepping stone into helping you what you want to do. If you want to get into radio or you want to get into movies or you want to get into whatever, use it. Use it. Right. It makes your face and your voice more recognizable and you can use it as a jumping off point. Absolutely. And that's what it is. Just use it for what you want to do in life and it will help you. It will get you ahead for sure. So what's next for you? Oh man, just living life, just being a dad. I just, you know, and that's, it's funny because after season three, I kind of went back into dad mode a little bit. And then when I got the call back for season five, I was just like in the worst shape of my life. And I was just like, oh man, like, I don't know if I could do this again. And the lady called me and she called me to come back. She's like, no, 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 you're going to do this again. You put that cookie down and start eating some salads. Let's go. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, let's go. So I'm yeah. going back to dad mode for now, just retreating a little bit. I, I did uh, dislocate my shoulder. So I have two to four months to recover and uh, I'll have to see what happens from there. Now, did your wife want you to go back the second time? Actually, funny story was she's the one that said go. Um, when they called me to come back, I said, okay, well, I'm going to talk to my wife. 
And as soon as I told her, she's like, go, like, go, go, get out of here, go. Was she too happy to see you go? I mean, were yeah. you a little bit worried <laughs> She was kind of pushing that? me out the door. <laughs> see you later, Bruno. <laughs> no, she, was, she knows it's, a, it's an opportunity. Uh, first of all, to make it once is, is, a big, is a big, you know, achievement. But for them to call me to come back to play a second time, you know, they only picked eight people to come back. And the fact that I was one of them was huge. So she knew how big it was, just the fact that they wanted me to come back. So she's like, go, you can't say no to this, go. So she was very supportive. All right. One final thing. I just want to say you are on Facebook and all the social media and so on. Yep. I noticed that you also comment on Big Brother that's going on. Is that like what you're doing now? You basically are like a Big Brother expert so you can do commentary because I want to follow your commentary. Yeah, I definitely do uh, YouTube videos now. Uh, okay. My YouTube is Bruno Aiello. It's on uh, it's B-R-U-N-O-I-E-L-O on YouTube. Uh, I, I definitely break down the cast. I give tips on how to get cast, how to play, things like that. I do a lot of Instagram stuff, Twitter, all that stuff. I'm all over social media. Uh, I just like to help because I know for myself, I'm pretty much retired from the game. Um, so, I, But I would like to help somebody else if they want to play. Maybe you know, if I can give them some tips to play, maybe help them out and make them win the game. Hey, I'm, I love I'm how you that. leave it a little bit open. <laughs> I'm pretty much retired yeah. from the game. Yeah, well, pretty you, much. Pretty you picked much. it up, Hillary. Hillary. If you and I need to be coached, we have a coach now. You got it. I'm excited about that. Do you think I have what it takes to win uh, based on the one I, hour we've spoken? I know you have what it takes, so I'm going to help you get an audition tape. We're doing this. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, Can you shit. imagine a vacation from Tim Bonner for how many weeks? My husband um, will be like, "Where's the application, lady? We're getting you out now." <laughs> That's amazing. We're getting you on that show. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if someone with size 11 feet can win those ledge challenges oh, because I always worry about that. I hated those challenges and it's it's definitely made for, there's some challenges and that's what they try to do. They try to balance it out for everybody. There's some challenges that like I never stood a chance even coming in the backyard seeing the challenge. I'm like, yeah, I have no chance of winning this one. Uh, but then there's other challenges where I came out and said, oh, this is mine to win. So they kind of balance it out because uh, there's some people that are just better at competition, some people that are smarter, some people are better at puzzles. They know all that stuff when they're going through the cast and they kind of ask you what you're strong and, and what you're weak at. So they know what they're doing when they put these competitions together. Oh, thank you so much for coming today, Bruno. Anytime. I loved it. I, I loved it too. I really so. did. I look forward to Big Brother 7, 8, 9, and 10, whatever. It got renewed. We just found out today their season 7 is a go, so that's good to know. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Bruno. Hey, anytime. And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.